A dead leaf loosened itself from a branch overhead and tumbled down. Borne aloft now and then in the light breeze that swayed the limbs of the large maple tree, it danced through the air and fluttered across the facade of the old house. More than a month's worth of chill fall days and periodic winds had shorn the tree of most of its foliage, and only a handful of leaves clung to the spindly fingers of gnarled wood. Overhead they interlocked and wove together to form a canopy that clacked in the wind. Beyond the patches of orange and yellow, the cloudless sky had a crystal tint of azure, so typical of late autumn afternoons. As I stood on the sidewalk in front of the tall house, I craned my neck to see the steeply pitched gable hovering over the ornate façade. Another soft gust raced across the yard and the solitary leaf came to land at my feet as a bat fluttered overhead in the still bright sky. After studying it for a moment, my eyes returned to the front of the structure. Although an unseemly coat of battleship gray covered the brick face, exposed patches of red and oxidized brown peeked through here and there where the elements had done their work. Time had also eroded many of the intricate details that embellished the flamboyant façade. But after only a momentary glance, it became apparent that I stood before an impressive piece of architecture. Up under the gable, three small windows formed a horizontal band, framed on either side by ornamental pedestals with intertwined bases. At the second-story level, two additional pedestals appeared to anchor the windows to the façade. On the ground level next to the front entrance, a large window, its rounded top nestled in a scalloped terracotta arch, adorned with laurel wreath and garland, afforded a glimpse of the front parlor, where an elegant mahogany mantle reflected a sheen of golden light. Standing there I could imagine the past lives of the old house. As the cold fall air entered and left my lungs, I inhaled visions of previous generations flashing before my eyes. My eyes squinted as I scrutinized the scene before me. It needed some work, but the building at 1228 South 3rd Street was possessed of an unkempt charm that tugged at my heartstrings. I loved old houses and I had always dreamed of living in a Victorian one at that. As it turned out, this one had everything I wanted. Three floors, a staircase at the front of the house, a staircase at the back of the house, hardwood flooring, and lots of fireplaces. There was no carriage house, and the yard was rather small, but I could live with that. Whether I could live with the outdated wallpaper and smallish kitchen was another thing. I was an aspiring food writer who had just started work on his first cookbook, and I would be spending many hours on recipe development and testing. I wanted a spacious kitchen with up-to-date appliances, and the kitchen in this house, unfortunately, did not fit the bill. I had just been inside for another look around the house, and this kitchen was tiny, something not altogether surprising for a Victorian house. Although the kitchen had its issues, it did have its charms, and according to Margaret, the woman who was looking to sell the house, the kitchen even came with its own ghost. Her name's Lucy and she's a poltergeist, she had said. If she doesn't like what you're doing to the place, she'll let you know. She'll break things, knock pictures off the wall. You'll hear her walking around in the middle of the night. You'll smell her cooking things in here when nobody's around. Stuff like that. When I tried to laugh off these warnings, Margaret had fixed me with a somber gaze and said, I'm serious. There's a ghost in this house. <laughs> 